Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Stand Up Tragedy podcast. My name's Dave and I'm your host. Here at Stand Up Tragedy what we do is we stand up and we share tragedy. We do that live in our live shows. We also do that here in the podcast in audio form. Today for me is the last day of Stand Up Tragedy's time at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Tonight is our last performance. Today is the 14th August for me but for you it's a few days in the future. Today I'm going to be sharing with you another of our tragic performances. Una O'Leary has come over all the way from Chicago to become part of the stand-up tragedy team. She's been a really important part of the work that we've been doing behind the scenes but she's also been a really important part of the performances that we've had on the stage. She's an amazing sketch comedian and theatre writer and performer and she shared some of her most tragic material with us at the Fiddler's Elbow here in Edinburgh. I'd never met Una before we came here and I'd never seen her work. My co-producer knew it very well and that's why we booked her but I have been so impressed with her comedy performance and her comedy writing. She really is an amazing asset to stand-up tragedy but she's also a really impressive creative person in her own right and I believe that you will agree with me when you hear her now. We're going to have a listen to Una performing now, but before that, here she is telling us what she thinks about The Fringe and what inspiration she has found here. My name is Una O'Leary. I'm from Chicago, um, originally Michigan, background, I guess I do job, well, performance-wise is easier. Um, I do sketch comedy and mostly writing. And so, um, how have you been inspired by The Fringe? I've been inspired by the uh, spoken word section and kind of playing with new ideas of narrative and uh, linear narrative as well the way that um, uh, the infusion of multimedia, the infusion of poetry that kind of seamlessly weaves itself through the story and heightens the experience as well. Um, And what else? How do you... um, Where where do you get your inspiration from when you develop a sketch? I have no idea. None. I I don't know. I I forget the author, but um, someone when they're asked that it's like a little bird hops on my shoulder and I mean if I if I knew I would write um one of those how-to books and be set financially for the rest of my life but as it stands I is it um what's it like performing something that's supposed to come across as tragic but finally at the center I prefer it but I I think that's kind of the black humor that I prefer um It's good because I remember seeing a performer in Chicago with just a simple expression. He had the audience in the palm of his hand from laughing to, you know, the the air going out of the room and kind of crying. Like it just in his heartbeat turned tragic. And I just thought that that is power. That's amazing. And I I want to do that. Yeah. What do you think? At a stand-up tragedy night, what do you hope the audience takes away from it? 
having now seen so many shows in a row and seeing that what the shows can do um because for a little while i just thought like it was more along kind of my my road of some lighthearted comedy but with like a tragic theme and it's like no sometimes it's it's really tragic and i i think it's really important just to have that cathartic feeling as you exit the theater and sometimes you get that from really good comedy you know that that feeling of of just bellyache laughing and um this lightning within yourself i i think you do get that from tragedy as well that it's kind of a um like a, a you know endorphin release of of emotion this um this is my first wedding as an officiant um you 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 would be my my first wedding as an independent officiant um i wasn't part of a larger organization of official officiants i just don't have that many friends and that's how you start a business i read that in a book that self starting a business is dependent on networking and i i just don't know that many people um my wife has all the friends. Uh, is this your first time marrying? I didn't mean it like that. I'm I'm sorry. Um, you two make a lovely couple. I, it's it's just that my wife and I were very young, and I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it like that either. Um, some people think that there's a, a too young to get married, but I don't. I didn't. I have several packages. I read that in a book. Yeah, the same book about self-starting businesses and ad campaigns. Um, the the premium package. Oh, okay. Um, the the silver package. Let me read from my sheet. I'm not very good at memorizing. Um, I'll have a book open at the ceremony because I read on an online forum that wedding audiences subconsciously prefer seeing an officiant holding a book while officiating. Um, it doesn't have to be the Bible. Uh, whatever you'd prefer. I've seen it with the Douglas Adams collected works. <laughs> Jonathan Franzen's Freedom. I'll, I'll try to get a copy at the library. Um, the premium packet... Okay, sorry, the silver package. Uh, the silver package includes two vows, or not, sorry, not vows, uh, for two songs. Um, Shape of My Heart by Sting, and because that's the register I can do. Um, and All You Need Is Love. My wife's favorite movie is Love Actually, too. No, but I liked it because she liked it. Sorry, the the premium package, right, the the silver package. The silver package includes vows. Um, and I read on an online forum that, no, this was a different online forum, that the, that the vows, the vows should, um, I'm sorry. No, I don't cry at weddings. <laughs> I only cried at my own wedding. <laughs> so did my wife. <laughs> it 
it's just that the vows, you know, the, they're this, this beautiful thing, and my vows were, oh my God, 30 years. You don't even know where the time goes. It's a really long time. It's a really, really long time. Now I have to find a lawyer. And I just don't have that kind of money, you know. So I'm trying to promote my officiator business. But it's hard because she has the friends, and that's what I read. I read that starting a business depends on networking. And no, this was a different book, actually, that it takes a lot of word of mouth. And I just don't have the connections, really, to begin with. So I am very dedicated to doing the best for you both. I, I started this business because... Because I believed in it. I believed in the magic of weddings. I wanted to be there for, for new couples with their whole lives ahead of them, helping to create that magic. You make a beautiful couple. A lovely couple that deserves the very best. The best vows. The best songs in my register. The best copy of Jonathan Francis' Freedom. Like a hardcover. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I got caught up. I, I meant, I meant to ask you about, um, about robes. Um, the, the silver package. <laughs> the, the premium package includes a red or a black robe. Thanks, guys. Stand up, tragedy. Hey, Dad. Um. It took 12 years of you being dead, but I'm not afraid of zombies anymore. <laughs> I can watch the entire thriller video all the way through. Um, thing is, Dad, uh, there's going to be a zombie apocalypse soon, and you're going to be one of them. Um, Dad, I know you hate these kind of talks, but um, do you remember that time you made fun of my speech impediment before I got rid of it? Because you said no one else would ever be as mean? Um, you were right. <laughs> I just, I never got to say thank you. Um, this zombie apocalypse could be a really great thing for us, Dad. And, um, and I got it. A zombie antibody. Um, I may have infected a few people perfecting it. Uh, but I, I got it, Dad. Just for you. It only works for three and a half hours, and then I have to decapitate you. But that is plenty of time to get down to the creek for some fly fishing. <laughs> hey, you, you remember that time you took, uh, you took me and Stacia 
fishing outside Toledo and you were all, you couldn't catch syphilis in France. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't know what that was at nine. I just thought it sounded funny. <laughs> but I did catch it, Dad. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and a 20-pound bass. <laughs> I think you would have been proud of me. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready, Dad. When your decomposed hand claws through six feet of dirt searching for flesh and brain, I'm going to be right here. I'm going to wipe away the maggots that have shredded your favorite men's warehouse jacket. I'm going to stab this into your chest. I'm going to look into what used to be your eyes, and I'm going to tell you that I love you. I said I love you. Okay, well, when you're ready, Dad. Thanks, guys. As Una is from Chicago, to complement her performance, here's another essential member of the Stand Up Tragedy team. This is Stephen Harvey, who usually is behind the scenes he does our tech he is like a solid rock of technological skills and patience forming the heart of what stand-up tragedy have managed to do up at the fringe and in fact at our live shows in london he's an excellent producer he's an excellent sound guy but as you're going to hear he is also a great musician so here he is singing the traditional american song st james infirmary blues across the Atlantic and then has came, come back and loads of people have recorded it. So yeah, St James Infirmary Blues. I went to St James Infirmary, saw my baby she was stretched out on a long white table She looked so cold, so pale, so fair I went across to old Joe's barroom On the corner by the square They were serving their drinks and they're just like usual And all the usual crowd were there On my left stood my friend John McKinnon and his eyes, they were all bloodshot and red And he turned to the crowd, started shouting And they listened, listened to what he said He said, I went to St. James Infirmary Saw my baby there She was stretched out on a long white table She looked so cold, so pale, so fair Let her go, let her go God rest her 
She may be, she may search this whole world over and over again, but she will never find a man like me. When I die, bury me in my best suit, and a white rim stands in high, put a gold piece on my watch chain now, so the boys will know I died standing pat. Get me six gambling men to bear my coffin And a chorus line of girls to show away And a team of white horses to pull the carriage along When you lay me down till judgment day But until then I'll be sat in the corner And you can pass me another bottle of that booze And if anybody asks, well you can tell them I guess I got the St. James Infirmary Blues. And here's some more tragic moments that we recorded at the Royal Mile in Edinburgh. We're still collecting them, so if you want to share your tragic moments, the hashtag to use is hashtag tragic moments. And you can find us on Twitter at Stand Up For Tragedy. You can find us on Facebook where you can friend us or you can like us. Or you can go over to our website, which is www.standuptragedy.co.uk. Yeah, it was just one bad joke after the next. Yeah. Paying money to see the MacGuffins and suffering their appalling lack of humour. Um, the trenches last year. That was that was really that was really good. I think that's on this year, isn't it? The trench. It's a it's a kind of it's puppets. It's about somebody that gets lost in the trench in the uh, First World War and that's very, very very kind of sad very very poignant so that's that's very good I recommend that definitely very moving yeah brilliant that we have to stand okay what do you Actually, we came last year and it's really enjoyable. We really enjoy it. It's great fun. Kids love it. Has anybody got lost? No, no tragic stories, unfortunately. No, all good. Fair yeah, I've got one. Okay, good. Would you like to introduce yourself and say my tragic moment is? Uh, hi, I'm Tom uh, and I'm flowering for sleeping trees at the moment. Um, and I saw the paper birds show yesterday on the one hand, and my girlfriend uh, was crying throughout, and I literally had no idea. And I. I felt really disappointed in myself at the end. Just, I, I wasn't there to comfort her, and I, um, I haven't really forgiven myself for it. She said she didn't want attention or anything. She said that's exactly what she wanted. She wanted to keep it a secret. But you know, I felt, I felt obliged that I needed to comfort her, and I, um, and that, that's my tragic moment. So the show was so sad. She was crying, but they couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm kind of up at the fringe. Uh, a couple of my friends are in, uh, are in shows, are working on shows, and uh, I've come to see those shows. Uh, but in the uh, the meantime, when I'm not seeing those shows, I'm sort of sat doing nothing by myself. So kind of just pottering up Royal Mile, enjoying the uh, the street performances. But 
other than that, sort of just sitting around waiting for someone to go, oh yeah, we're free now. Um, so yeah, it's great. Great times at the Fringe, just sat here by myself. <laughs> the podcast is going to continue to come out daily throughout the Edinburgh Festival. You can find that and subscribe or download on iTunes, on SoundCloud or the Stitcher Smart Radio app, which is a free app which you can download onto your smartphone and use wherever you are so you can have a little bit of tragedy in your pocket with you at all times. And so remember, tragedy is best shared. And for now, the tragedy is over. This podcast was produced by Bryony Hawkins with audio production from Stephen Harvey. The music comes from Sam Wilkinson, who you can email at radioone at gmail.com. The rest of the music was produced by George Brufton, written by the Reactionaries with added bagpipes from Vaughan Grandin. I'm Dave, I'm your host, and the tragedy is once again over. <laughs>